Hello and welcome back to Weathering the Storm, a podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by placing and sustaining unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles, and I welcome you back to Season 5 of Weathering the Storm on the Scattered Abroad Network. And in this season, we are walking through the life of Peter, and we're striving to weather the storm alongside him. And we have spent uh, several several episodes now and uh, going through his rise and his fall, you know, some of his strengths, some of his weaknesses. Uh, for example, when he recognized and when he confessed before others that he believed that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of God, multiple times he made that claim. But then perhaps the lowest point of his life is when he denied Jesus three times. And so we have a man who walked on the water, but also sank in the water. You know, we have a man who was ready to die for Jesus, but in the same token, didn't even admit that he knew who Jesus was. So we, we spent a lot of time thinking about the man Peter. And a lot of this focus has been since the moment that Jesus called him to be a disciple and all that he went through as a disciple while Jesus was on earth, while Jesus was leading. But now Jesus has died and he has risen from the grave. And so he is ascending back into heaven. And here's Peter. What is Peter going to do now? And that's where we're going for the rest of this season. We're going to talk about Peter as a gospel preacher, as an elder, and then look at some of his writings, First and Second Peter, some lessons that we can learn from those two epistles, and then bring it all home with some application as to the end result of Peter and what the end result can look like for us if we stay the course. So looking forward to uh, moving forward in this podcast season. And with this episode today, we begin a, a mini-series. We're going to look at uh, three episodes in this mini-series, and we're going to talk about the responsibility of a gospel preacher. And I understand that this audience uh, is, is varied and that not everyone that's listening today is a preacher, and I appreciate that. But there may be some of you who are preachers who can relate. There may be some of you listening who have a desire to one day become a preacher. And so we're going to talk about Peter because this is a very significant point in his life. And when we think about storms that he faced, certainly the weight and the responsibility of being a gospel preacher sometimes can, can feel like a storm. And what Peter went through as a preacher, his experiences, and what he, uh, you know, what he went through there in the early stages of the book of Acts, uh, certainly warrants for weathering the storm. And so I hope that even if you're not a preacher or you're not desiring to become one, that, that these episodes can still be helpful for you as we strive to bring out points of application that are hopefully relevant to everyone who is listening. Before we dive into our study, I do want to say a quick word about the Scattered Abroad Network. You can contact us at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. You can visit our website, scatterbroad.org, and there you can learn more about us as a network. You can learn about each individual podcast. And if you haven't already, I want to encourage you to go and subscribe to the Master Feed uh, it, wherever you get your podcasts, and just look for Scattered Abroad Network. Also, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, and we have content there, including some live episodes that, that we have uh, sat down to record together, and hopefully that's a, a useful tool for you. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook and on Instagram, and we're trying to really get the word out 
on as many platforms as possible. So we, you know, we would not be here, obviously, without God, without His blessings, uh, without the support from from our brethren, but also for you listeners. We appreciate you so much, and I know uh, for weathering the storm, I, it's been such an honor, very humbling, uh, to to now be in the fifth season of this podcast on this network, and to have so many uh, tune in and and so many who have uh, sent me notes of encouragement and how it's helped them and. You know, if I can only help one person, that's worth it. And ultimately, by using this time to bring glory to God and use His Word to 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 really get it out there, I believe it's a, a useful uh, way to, to spend my time. And I pray that it is um, pleasing to God because that's all that really matters. And that's our goal. And, and that's not just me. That's all of us on this network. Uh, we just want to please God with this effort and help as many people as we can. So again, thank you so much for listening today. Thank you for listening throughout this season. And I truly hope that as we move forward uh, today, episode nine, and then moving forward throughout the season, that these episodes are uh, helpful to you, that you can apply some of these lessons to your life. So we begin this three-part series, The Responsibility of a Gospel Preacher, with one of the greatest sermons ever preached. And that's the sermon that Peter preached on Pentecost Day. So if you have your Bible, in a place where you can open them, I want to invite you to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 has been called the hub of the Bible because everything prior to it pointed to it, and everything after it looks back to it. Uh, it's certainly an extremely important chapter. It's a turning point because you see the church that Jesus promised to build, you see it established on that day. And you see all the factors that went into it and all the prophecies pointing up to it. And it's just an extremely important day as we think about uh, Christianity really taking off. When we think about a gospel preacher, what is a gospel preacher? Well, you think about the word, it's one who preaches the good news of Jesus. It's one who never forgets that Jesus Christ is the subject of his preaching. I was privileged to go to Freed Harmon University and sit at the feet of some wonderful men, wonderful gospel preachers. And in that time, I learned about a lot of the older preachers, M.B. Hardiman, A.G. Freed, Winfrey Claiborne, and we could go on and on and on about all the, the gospel preachers that, that I heard about and read about. Well, then, after leaving Freed Hardiman, I was privileged to go to the Memphis School of Preaching. And, of course, there I could hear about all kinds of faithful gospel preachers throughout the years and was privileged to have some of those wonderful men as instructors. And so preaching is something that I hold very dear to my heart. I am extremely grateful to be able to be a gospel preacher. But with that, there comes a great, great sense of responsibility. It's not something that I take lightly. And I believe that every man who stands behind a pulpit and preaches the Word of God ought to take it extremely serious. And when we think about Peter and you know the ups and downs that he had, when you think about his preaching, this is a man who did not lack conviction. This was a man who did not lack boldness. This was a man who humbly preached the Word of God and did not compromise the truth. And so, again, as gospel preachers who may be listening, Peter's a great example of what God desires in a preacher. The key text for preaching, in, in my estimation, is 2 Timothy 4.2. Paul wrote to Timothy, 
He said, I charge you before God and the Lord Jesus Christ to preach the word. He didn't say preach about the word, preach your opinions about the word, uh, preach a, a story that summarizes the word, but rather he says preach the word. That, that is what you are to do. You are to proclaim, you are to herald divine truth in a way where people can understand it. You go on in that text in 2 Timothy 4.2, and, and there's the elements of preaching the word. Reprove or convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. And the preacher is to be ready to do this in season and out of season. What that means is when it's popular and when it's not popular. When it's well-received and when it's not well-received, preach the word. You have a responsibility to do that. Now, I always go back to the example of Ezekiel as a watchman. And Jesus, or God told him what, what his responsibility was to go forth and to be that watchman. He said, if you warn them and they turn, well, the blood's off your hands. But if you don't say anything and you don't warn them, well, the blood is on your hands. And the idea is that Ezekiel was going to a people who were not going to listen to him. I mean, God even told him that. He said, they're hard-headed, they're hard-hearted. They're not going to listen to you because they're not going to listen to me. But he still had the responsibility to go and preach. And that, of course, is true of every gospel preacher today. Another passage that comes to mind is James 3.1. Let not many of you be teachers, knowing that you will receive a stricter judgment. And that is a verse that when we started the Memphis School of Preaching, we had to fill out a sheet, a form, uh, with some, some questions to think about. And that was one of the first ones that I had to answer. If I understood that passage and if I'm still ready to preach. You know, I'm going to stand before God one day and I'm going to give an account of how I handled his word. Did I preach the whole counsel of God? Did I just preach some of the high points? Did I only preach those uh, lessons that were well received or popular? Or did I preach everything that I needed to preach? Did I preach the word of God? So that's a very serious responsibility. Another passage is 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 18-21. And there we find from the Apostle Paul that the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. Unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. So the preaching of the cross is the power of God. God has all kinds of power. But when it comes to salvation, the power is in the gospel, Romans 1.16. And so the proclaiming of that gospel is where you see the power of God unto salvation. When Paul goes throughout that list, he talks about the fact that to the Jews, it was a stumbling block. To the Greeks, it was foolishness. But Jesus is the, is the power and wisdom of God. He said then in verse 21, It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Not the preaching of foolishness, but the foolishness of preaching. I heard Michael Shepard say that a few months ago. In other words, this avenue of saving mankind, to some people that's foolishness, but that's how God designed it. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. And so we have a great responsibility as, as gospel preachers to go and spread the word to the lost, but also to encourage the saved. <clears throat> and then in Romans 10, 13-17, and after this we're going to get to our text in Acts chapter 2, we find the importance of gospel preachers. Whosoever shall call the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? 
As it is written, how beautiful or how timely are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. There are people in the world who are lost. There's some who know it. There's some who don't know it. But as gospel preachers, as Christians, we have the responsibility to go and to herald divine truth, to go forth and to teach and to preach the good news. So that's just kind of, kind of some, some introductory ideas to not only this episode, but this series of the responsibility, the weight of a gospel preacher. And Peter is one of the first ones that we find. In fact, he's the first one to preach the gospel as the Lord had risen from the dead. You can go back and you can think about John the Immerser preaching the gospel of the kingdom. You can think about uh, Jesus even doing that as well. But here we have uh, the gospel in its entirety. You have the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4. The good news is to be heralded. And Peter, of all the people, of all the disciples, Peter is the one, remember, who was given the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Peter is the one with this great privilege of standing before an audience and doing exactly what 2 Timothy 4, 2 says. Preach the word. Convince, rebuke, and exhort. And when you walk through Acts chapter 2, that's, that's what he did. We must remember that Peter was an inspired preacher. John 14, 26, John 16, 13, the Holy Spirit would guide the apostles into all truth, remind them of what Jesus had taught them, and so they could stand there and they could preach with all confidence and all assurance because they were inspired of God to do so. Today, gospel preachers are to use the inspired word of God. And remember that the power is never in the messenger, but in the message. Again, we mentioned that Peter is standing up on the day of Pentecost. And prior to Pentecost, these events were uh, prophesied. You can think, if you remember the number two, uh, you can remember the passages that are really pointing to this day. For example, you have Joel 2, the events that are going to take place. You have Isaiah 2, 2 through 4, where you think about the mountain of the Lord's house. And you think about the language there about the church. Then you have Daniel chapter 2. In the days of the Roman Empire, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom. And so you take Isaiah 2 and Joel 2 and Daniel 2, and they all point you to Acts chapter 2. And so this was not something that just was random or came out of the blue, but rather this was prophesied hundreds of years before that this day was going to happen and the events surrounding this day. Jesus, in fact, said, told his uh, disciples, he said, tarry or wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. And so you're going to be in the city of Jerusalem. You're going to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 1, beginning there in verse 5, Jesus reiterates this truth to them. Remember that Luke is the inspired writer of both Luke and the book of Acts. He tells them you're going to receive power when you are here in Jerusalem. You're going to be witnesses unto me. You're going to begin in Jerusalem, make your way into Judea and to Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. So when you get into Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, you have the power of the Holy Spirit coming upon them. And so here we have the disciples, the apostles, and they're all in this one place, and there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, one sat upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They're speaking in different languages. And the miracle is on the speaker, not the hearer. You see, people were coming from all over, and they heard them speak 
in their own native tongue. In other words, if I was speaking English to you right now, but you were on the other end and you could only speak Chinese and hear Chinese, even though I'm speaking English, you would hear what you hear in your native tongue. It's amazing. It's, it's miraculous. That's exactly what took place. And so the people, when you get down to verse 5 of Acts chapter 2, they are amazed <laughs> that they're trying to figure out what is happening here. In fact, it says they were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. They were amazed and marveled, saying, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? How is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? In verse 11, it says, We hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. And so they were all amazed and perplexed, saying, Whatever could this mean? And then verse 13 says, Others mocking said they are full of new wine. And so here's the idea that they're drunk. You know, it's early in the morning, and they're doing something that, that they can't explain. So in their minds, well, they, they, must be, they must be drunk. They must be intoxicated. And with this in mind, we come to verse 14, and here's where Peter's sermon really starts. And we're going to keep this theme of convince, rebuke, and exhort, 2 Timothy 4.2. And notice that's exactly what Peter does as he preaches the gospel. Verse 14, but Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words, for these are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only the third hour of the day. It's nine o'clock in the morning. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Notice that he had a knowledge of the Old Testament scriptures. Of course, he's inspired. He can have miraculous recall. But he goes back to Joel chapter 2, the passage we mentioned earlier, and he's able to perfectly connect what is happening with the events that Joel prophesied was going to happen. It shall come into pass in the last days. I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. There's, there's your point. Here is what's happening. And he's telling the people, Joel prophesied about this, and now we have come to this day. When you drop down to verse 22, Peter is, is able to captivate his audience. Men of Israel, hear these words and notice his subject. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be held by it. Now notice what he does. He says, I'm preaching about Jesus of Nazareth, and here's who he was. And then he wanted them to know that they had took him by lawless hands, that they crucified him, and they put him to death. You know, maybe they didn't want to hear that, but that's the truth they needed to hear. You know, you think about a doctor, and he has a diagnosis for you, and he comes in the room and you say, hey, doc, don't tell me any bad news. Just tell me the good news. You know, tell me what I want to hear. That doctor could look at you and say, okay, well, nothing's showing up. Come back in six months. He would have done a great disservice, wouldn't he? Because you would have left there thinking everything's fine, when in reality, you didn't have six months left. So the doctor should have come in and said, well, unfortunately, we found this, but we, you know, we can treat it, or whatever the case may be. You might not want to hear that, but you need to hear that. That's needed truth. Peter, in the same token, in the same manner, 
was preaching needed truth. They needed to hear this. They needed to be convinced and rebuked for what took place. Then he's going to quote from the book of Psalms, going to quote from David, and he's able again to connect these Old Testament scriptures, first from Joel, now from the Psalms. He's able to make all these connections and perfectly blend them in to center around Jesus and the events that are taking place. Notice again there in verse 29, he brings his audience right back into the fold. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David. He's dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. He was a prophet, knowing that God had sworn with an oath, the fruit of his body according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne. He foresaw this, spoke concerning the resurrection of the Christ. That's Psalm 16.10, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus, notice that, this Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God, having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. Peter says, all these events, everything that's happening around you, God's, all, God's the one behind it. And Jesus is the one who executed the plan that God designed. And the Holy Spirit is now revealing that plan through the preaching of Peter. Notice verse 36. Here is where he really gets into the crux of the matter. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. I love how straightforward Peter was. And, and everything that we've studied this season, would we expect anything less? Peter, with his boldness, Peter, with his love for the Lord, he doesn't shy away from this truth. He lets them know what they needed to hear. He told them the truth. And then as you continue through this text, there is first a great question. They were cut to the heart by the preaching of the gospel, and they said, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then there's a great answer. Peter said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then there are great results. About 3,000 souls obeyed the gospel, Acts 2.41. They continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine, Acts 2.42. And the Lord added to the church those who were being saved, Acts 2.47. Again, one of the greatest sermons ever preached. And Peter is the one who rose to the occasion. He's the one who stood up. He could have been beating himself up for denying Jesus. He could have just told Jesus, I love you those three times. But now he's able to have this shot at redemption. He's able to have this opportunity, this great privilege to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. And he did so. He did so to the glory of God. So he rose to the occasion. He preached Jesus, and he allowed God's Word to do the work. If you're a gospel preacher listening to this episode, those are three points for us to remember. We are to rise to the occasion. There's a message that needs to be proclaimed. We need to preach Jesus. He needs to be our subject. And we need to allow God's Word to do the work. Because again, that's where the power is. I want to close with a passage that, that we find in 1 Peter chapter 4, ironically coming from the inspired pen of Peter. He said, If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do so as the ability which God gives, that God in all things 
may be glorified. Peter had to weather the storm of getting over all the things that he had been through, all the doubt, all the fear, all the pain, all the guilt. He had to weather that storm and get through it. Why? Because other people needed to hear the message of Jesus. He had to get out of his own way and allow God to work through him. He had to get out of his own way and rise up and preach Jesus as the Christ, the risen Lord. And by doing that, he was able to weather the storm. About 3,000 souls were saved, and God was glorified. Thank you so much for listening today. I do hope that this episode and that this, this series on the responsibility of a gospel preacher and how that can be a storm can be helpful. Again, if, if you're not a preacher, I do hope you can, you can find something within these episodes that can apply to you and be relevant to you, and it can help you in uh, the different trials and storms that you face. But again, as we work through this, this series together, uh, let's, let's learn much from Peter, how he was able to rise up and to preach. And again, let's be, let's be encouraged by that and motivated that no, Peter wasn't perfect. Peter made a lot of mistakes. But when it came time to stand up for God and speak up for God, he was able to do that. And we need to be able to do the same. Again, I thank you so much for listening. May God bless you. What's up, guys? It's Caleb and Michael over here from the Scattered Abroad Network, and we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, we're so thankful to the East Hill Church of Christ for overseeing this network, and we're grateful to God for this opportunity. And don't forget, you can check out our show notes below for all of our social media links, email address, website, and we have a monthly newsletter, so don't forget to sign up for that. Please remember to leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform it is that you use, And please continue to keep our network in your prayers. As always, thank you again so much for listening. Be ready tomorrow. We have brand new content coming out here on the SAN. Thanks so much, and God bless.